here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den Podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den Podcast, your home for all things Amazon advertising. We first launched this show way back in 2017, and a 187 episodes later, we're still going strong. We're on a mission to make your Amazon advertising easier and more profitable. So if you'd like to hear more, head on over to adbadger.com slash podcast. And uh, we got a special one for you here today. By the end of this episode, you'll hear me and my dear friend Naomi uh, as we talk evergreen campaign strategy for Amazon ads. Uh, Everything from how to think about ranking campaigns, like what keywords to bid on, keywords to go after, how to bid on them, uh, and how to think about ranking and all different kinds of campaigns that you should be running in your account. Uh, Naomi was super generous and actually came with a little bonus for Badger Nation. You can actually get the Google Sheet that you'll see in this episode if you're watching on YouTube or the one that we're following along with if you're listening to this on audio. Uh, So you can go get the spreadsheet, make a copy of it, work it into your flow, use it as a reference. Go ahead, do that. There's a link in the show notes to get that done. Uh, I've known Naomi for a couple years now. She's a talented seller, runs an agency called scale wave and uh, is one of the co-hosts of the wizards of e-commerce podcast Uh, she's talented generous and more the show is jam-packed with those evergreen lessons Um, with that it's time to jump into the tips and tricks for amazon ads this week episode 187 and a quick shout out to apple podcast user shroy s-h-r-o-y-y dropping us a five-star review saying that he started listening in 2018 and his life exploded i assume in a good way Uh, and a big reason is this podcast get an edge over the competition he says uh well definitely shroy thanks so much for that review and writing in it helps the podcast get discovered uh shroy i have a message just for you contact me on linkedin i'd love to get some ppc den swag sent out to you with that episode 187 of the ppc den podcast what's going on badger nation welcome to the ppc den podcast your home for all things amazon advertising today i am privileged to be joined by a friend a talented seller and also a talented agency owner naomi from scalewave naomi thanks so much for coming on to the show again my absolute pleasure whenever i get an invite to your podcast it's like heck yeah when is the first time (laughs) so let's do it (laughs) (laughs) i think this is uh this is the third time you're on the show yep Yes, it's always a privilege, and you are based in Florida. Are you having a heat wave like I am here in Texas? Man, probably. I haven't been outside for a while, so probably yes. <laughs> here you haven't inside. been outside for a while? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
here inside is really nice with AC. So, yeah. Well, right on. Well, I hope everyone out there is staying cool. I just saw a, a news headline yesterday that said, uh, I think Spain is having, it's like a, there's like an ordinance that you need to have your air conditioner set to 80 oh. or above. I know. So shout out, to, shout out to air conditioner repair people. Shout out to uh, air conditioners and shout out to everyone who's listening to this. Uh, in the summer heat, our hearts go out to you. So today we have a pretty cool episode. Uh, in fact, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, I don't normally do this, but I'm actually recording my screen um, because Naomi, one thing I absolutely love, uh, I love doing it on this show, uh, I do it a lot in when I talk to people, is mental models to make sense of things that are seemingly uh, can be disorganized very easily, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. there's so many things to memorize in Amazon advertising that not having like these heuristics or these things to rely on that you can refer to, to categorize things in your head so that you're more easily able to like access all the tools available to you. This is like one of my favorite topics. And I think anyone who's listened to the show like knows that I like it. Um, because it just makes understanding things so helpful. And what's super cool, uh, you showed up to this show today with a mental model that's like, hey, here's how I think of these things. Uh, and it was absolutely wonderful, and I can't wait to share it with everybody. Of course, same here. As I was saying right before hitting recording, you know, our um, sole purpose with Wizards of Ecom, which I am like hosting, uh, is sellers helping sellers. So here you're all about PPCers helping PPCers. So I'm happy to make my part, like to share whatever I learned uh, during this time. So 100%, let's do it. Epic. So before we get into the specifics here, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about like, what was your spark that made you start writing these things down like what were you like where was the eureka moment where you're like ah like this fits over here and this fits over here it's sort of this concept of like evergreen campaign strategies you know i am very a typical person when it comes to being a ppcr so i'm an artist and truth being told told i will tell you exactly what i'm thinking so the problem here is going to be i am very scattered as a person because my first Uh, strength is learner and the learner what they do they accumulate a lot of information and they are just trying to put together as much information as possible and connect the dots right so for me it was always i have to understand what is going on right and these strategies like putting together these strategies it was my way of uh, calming myself to just think strategically to have a mind map and then see okay what's what because if it's not written down, right? It it doesn't exist. So then based on that, I try to really make sure that first of all, I understand what is what, right? right? Because whenever a client comes to you, uh, you have an expectation to for them to know whatever it's going to go on in their account. Most of the cases, they have no clue. So then this would super helpful for me to understand first off that I know what am I talking and I'm teaching. And then also for our VAs who just came up and I have no clue how to do stuff. Um, what I noticed that especially us PPCers, we think that uh, everyone else knows what we are talking about, right? <laughs> and we're talking this high level stuff and you know, that sounds really great, but you and I, we can chat as much as we want to, but whenever someone else is coming in who has no clue, 
our clients are just like that. So we have to explain to them very well strategically in a super simple way how to how, how we are operating basically. And that's what they did. For sure. You know, so much of uh, there's a quote that escapes me, but it's sort of like, you know, real progress happens when you like roll up your sleeves and you actually like go and do it and it can't necessarily be made just in your head and your head alone like it comes time to like actually make the thing to go do something uh also i think we just heard a little uh feline <laughs> guest we did come on. i <laughs> don't did. know the, and i'm also the like the cat is here and the cat is famous so now he ho- hopefully he's not going to be on the whole show but usually he is <laughs> wouldn't be the first time i remember we, i think on the first episode we did together the cat showed the cat showed himself yeah okay. let's see once again <laughs> the last one there you go so he's beautiful <laughs> what's up cat? what's up cat so he's a ppc cat <laughs> by the way <laughs> A PPC cat. That's yes. Um, So I think having these models is so helpful for people like entering into the world of PPC. uh, And even for me, when you were going through it, like I have my own different words to describe these things. So I think the concepts are pretty universal. And let's without further ado, let's transition into actually start talking about these things. So let's jump in. So we've got a couple different categories. Yeah. And We've got types of campaigns. Yes. Uh, you know, I would classify these as just like, you know, types of targeting or like tools uh, or like the intention of each campaign. And you refer to them as evergreen campaigns, yes. campaign yeah. creation strategies. So what does that word mean to you, evergreen campaign creation strategies, as opposed to like, what, what would be the opposite of an evergreen campaign creation strategy? um, Maybe stagnant or something that works only once, but it it cannot be applicable the next time or to the next client. So, Sure. Yeah, I would also say too, like, these probably aren't going to go away or change, but the, maybe the individual thing that you do, like a targeting type comes out, that targeting type will go into one of these things, uh, which is another thing that I love about the show is like focusing a lot on like the theory the bucket that something lives in so then when something new happens like there's a new report that comes out or a new targeting type or a new ad type you always want to ask yourself like what bucket does it go into that way you can better understand it work it into your workflow uh super duper valuable so naomi let's jump into these names what are the names of these things yeah so basically just to quickly add there as well um, something for evergreen the reason why i call this evergreen is not that only we can use it for ppcs but what i've seen is most people are trying to uh, make a very technical way how to pronounce things or so on but this is really applicable everywhere yeah so this is not only for amazon ppc this can be google ads you can use this and it I, other type of ads where you have this possibility to really be very strategic, you can use this. Yeah, so um, this actually can be also used for Google. So if you are a Google fan and Google ads and not ad PPCR, right? And you're listening to this show, just take feel free to take this and use them, right? And then um, as you were saying, so the strategies. First one is called protect. Uh, most of the time. Should we go through all of them or? Yeah, let's list them all out first and then we'll dig into each one. All right, so the first strategy is called protect. The second one is conquer. Third one is strength. Fourth one to dominate. And fifth one to discover. Uh, This is also named 
by different names like defense, offense, and so on. So they have their own names. I just like to make sh make a statement. <laughs> so probably this is why I I, I put awesome. it this way. Yeah. 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 So talk to us a little bit about protecting or the the protect category. Yes. So most of the time, yet again, I'm coming from the point of view of a seller. I did not see any. Uh, value in my brand name whenever we started two years ago three years ago whenever we started however what i noticed more piece of the pie you take people will want to target you right and then i just see that when i'm writing down our brand name someone else shows up there so this is common you will mistake not considering yourself uh, worthy or your brand worthy to show your ads for it right so by protecting what we're going to do we're covering real estate not only um on our own listing when it comes to that not only with our brand name but also um, if we have like four products that are similar we can show them on our own listing that would be the purpose of it yeah so you for each one of these two we forgot to mention there's sort of like the purpose when to use it uh, approximate cost targeting methods campaign types as well as even some examples of what the targeting looks like some notes and you even have ranking power, which you have your own way to describe that too, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so yeah, protect, you know, I, I sometimes think of this as like playing defense. Uh, sometimes I'll call this as like branded or self-branded to really specify it. But it's just basically the concept of, you know, being boxing out competition uh, from bidding on your listings, from bidding on your keywords. Um, you know, the cost usually associated with this is, incredibly low uh least expensive and i think it's so interesting too like when brands first start out brand recognition is very low yes. it's like almost no traffic for their brand and then on the other end of the spectrum i've seen accounts where like 50 60 70 percent of their ad spend was all branded like they couldn't detangle because they had mm -hmm. such a strong brand so but i mean that those are gigantic companies so like may yes. we all be so lucky to spend you know 50, 60, $100,000 of people just typing in our brand name um, to have that crazy well-known recognition. But um, generally this is incredibly low A cost, like single digit territory here. Um, in terms of targeting it, pretty straightforward. And you know, it's your own ASINs, your own brand name, your own branded keywords. Um, you've got some ad types here. Um, one question I have for you about how you think of it too is um, we have the campaign type and we have the examples. Mm -hmm. So like if we're Nike, we're bidding on the term Nike. Uh, when you do that, do you make Nike exact match, phrase match, broad match? Yeah, so ideally what I would do, I would have that exact match, broad match, phrase match, but those would be separate campaigns, never one campaign. Sure. So if maybe the budget is lower and maybe we have a lot of Nike, whatever, like shoes, uh, what I can do, I can do like exact match and phrase match, maybe in one campaign, but never all three in one campaign and especially not brought in uh, mixed up with the other ones because the idea here is that we want to allocate the right budget to the right campaign structure. So we are not going to waste money, but here we're really just protecting whatever it's our own. Big time. You know, I've wanted to do an episode, like a refresh on campaign structure for a while, but like I'm definitely seeing like the people that are coming 
to me asking questions like, hey, what's wrong with my account? Almost the first thing is always like they have a lot of mixed up match types and that makes it super difficult to allocate budget properly. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine here, if you had like broad phrase exact and like sponsored brand, same thing, there's going to be some spend that potentially can creep in there that, you know, maybe doesn't necessarily belong in a branded campaign or doesn't necessarily belong in a defense campaign and that belongs somewhere else and you're not able to like sanction off the budget for it, making it really difficult to uh, to manage there. So yeah. Um, and then of course you have your note here that it should always be in place. What do you say to people that are like, ah, I don't want to spend money on my own brand? Yeah, I wrote it here as note. This is really an insurance policy and you don't need insurance once you crash the car. You need it beforehand. <laughs> so <laughs> simply put, you really need it beforehand and even if as, as Michael was saying, these are the cheapest ads, unless you are a Huggies, a Pampers, a very well-known brand when everyone just like wants to get a piece of your pie, right? Um, but this should be done right when you started. Um, I would even argue right at lunch, because why not? And also a second note there is, um, if you are going to bid on these, and especially in exact matches on your own branded keywords and on your own brand what you will find out that if someone else is going to bid for it you will pay less than them because you are relevant right for the algorithm yeah and in this column i over here we've got ranking power and uh you labeled these sort of defense campaigns or protection campaigns as vertical ranking Mm -hmm. um what's your definition of vertical ranking power Yeah, so the way how I see ranking is you can rank on two ways, uh, either vertically or horizontally. So the vertical is going to be up straight, right? So, and actually, I think that here I would have to make a correction because when you were asking about campaign types and the examples, these are only exact matches, yeah? So the fifth one is going to be brand and also uh, broad and phrase, but this is everything, it's exact. And this is why it is a vertical ranking because you want to go straight up for that keyword to show up for that keyword. When it comes to horizontal ranking, it's going to be a way like larger approach, bigger approach, where you're going to rank for different keywords, but it's going to be like a long run. Here, it's this is very precise and very exact. And uh, as I was giving you the example, you asked for me <laughs> to give you exactly like, what do I mean? Simplest example would be here. One, it's a sniper approach, which is the vertical ranking and the horizontal. It's really like what you were saying, um, shotgun? Uh, no. Like a buckshot or a shotgun. Yes, yes. So yeah. it's that approach, basically. It's classic, like, uh, do you want to go an inch wide or a, and a mile deep yes. or a mile wide and an inch deep? Yes, and they are both correct. It's just like it's up to you which one to use and when to use it, right? That's the most important thing. Yes, so that's the protection style of campaigns. We now move into a different bucket, which is the conquer. Uh, I've seen people refer to this as conquest or maybe like offensive type thing. Um, so conquer, walk us through how you think about conquering camp type campaigns. Uh, I'm very visual and conquer for me means to it's like we are on a battlefield amazon is really a battlefield and you have to win the game and this is what you're going to do the way how you're going to win the game is making sure that you're showing up first right so purpose of this campaign is going to be that you're going to target your competitors and whatever you think that you or whichever listing or ac you think that you're going to show up for and you have a chance to win right 
So that would be the purpose of this strategy. So just to wrap our head around it, an example would be if I'm Nike, I'm going after Adidas, Puma, competitor ASINs, right? Correct. ASINs and also their branded keywords here because as I was saying, if you are not protecting your own brand, someone else is going to come and take it away. So uh, conquer, it's also pro- making sure that you're going to show up not only for on their product pages, but also for their own keywords, basically. Yeah, we've got a little uh, targeting method here. Target products that advertise on our listings uh, that are similar to ours. Uh, or that we have an advantage if we advertise on their listings. Um, so I'm sure there's some sort of like category targeting or refined category yeah. targeting where you're exactly. targeting based off star rating or you're targeting based off price or brand that you think you have an edge on. Target competitors' brand names and branded keywords. Target new arrivals with zero to lower ratings. I like that one. Um, ouch. Uh, target <laughs> products with fewer than three and a half stars that are more expensive than your product, right? Yes. Absolutely. And that's a good way to, to, again, like gain ground in areas that, you know, are on the battlefield. Like this is, this is a pretty challenging, going after a competitor branded name, those are always going to be pretty challenging, pretty tricky, high ACOS. And, you know, one thing I always think about, like, you know, what is the account level doing? Mm-hmm. And is the account level like, are we struggling for volume? This is a great way to gain volume. Um, conversely, there are times where I'm working with a client and they're like, oh, our account level ACOS is hurting. What can we do as a quick fix? Yeah. These like sort of like pull back strategic retreat on some of the battlefield of sort of some of these conquering campaigns. Because uh, mm-hmm. generally, like if I'm Nike and I'm bidding on Adidas, that's going to be fairly low conversion rate. Yeah, It's going to be tough. True. So here also, like I added specifically as notes that the goal here is to gain sales at a relatively low ACoS. So if you are going to bid on something that is super expensive, obviously it's going to cost you a lot. But the name of the game here is to conquer at a low cost. So um, if you are a big brand and if you have the budget, by all means, you don't have to keep an eye on the ACoS. But ideally here, especially because this is a a ranking strategy that you want to take away, right? So then you should look at ACoS as well, unless if you are really like very strategic and you just want to pay a lot of money and just go for it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to, again, to bring up campaign structure. It makes sense to put these in their own campaign so you can dedicate a specific budget to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have this in this, if you have it this in a separate ad group in the same campaign as your protection campaigns, well, then they're going to be sharing and splitting budget, and you're not going to be able to really control how much you're spending on these conquest campaigns, these conquering campaigns. Let's move on to rank. Uh, I think this, out of all these words, is probably one of the most self-explanatory ones. Uh, walk us through rank. Yeah, so the purpose of the ranking campaign is going to be basically to make sure that you're going to take charge of the exact match keywords and that you are going to increase um, your organic page one visibility, uh, as you can see also in the purpose. Basically here, what you're going to do is take keywords that you think that 100% are going to, like your product, 
is going to sell with those ones, right? Or it resonates with your product and it's exactly describing your product basically and to rank for those ones. So that would be the purpose of it. Right, and you have a couple notes here too, which I found interesting. Um, depending on your bidding strategy, this approach can range in extreme from extremely low cost, uh, especially for long tail keywords, to extremely high, broad, two to three word keywords. So walk us through like the, when you're approaching a ranking campaign, you know, what are some examples that would maybe be on the cheaper side or maybe we'd want to start with uh, versus maybe on the more expensive side, which is gonna be a little bit more competitive. Yeah, so basically here, what I'm talking about, whenever you want to rank for something, you should know your budget. And whenever you know your budget, you will know how much you afford <laughs> to lose or not. So here for something that is a broad match, let's say is describing exactly your product. However, if it's expensive, obviously the CPC cost is going to go up high whenever it's going to be the root keyword, which is basically what you, and we are giving here an example here, right? The black running shoes, for example, or running shoes, that would be the main key, main route that you would like to rank for. And then black running shoes for women is the longer version of it. So probably that one also has a lower search volume, therefore it's going to have also a lower CPC cost. And um, something else, so what am I noticing here? Okay, so for broader match, as obviously broader the match it is, higher the search volume, but that also means more you're going to spend on something that is not specific, just heads up there. For sure. Uh, you know, in terms of targeting method, you wrote, there are two main t targeting types, the key, get them from keyword harvesting with a process of transferring search terms or ASINs that convert from one ad group to another, and then deciding like, hey, I should be going and ranking on these, yes. um, you know, using search term reports. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, finding less expensive, longer tail keywords that are very specific. Uh, again, those are gonna be usually less expensive to rank than a head keyword, like we have a head and tail, like, you know, shoes would be an example of like, you know, something that's such a short tail term, it, you can argue that it might even be irrelevant for a running shoe. Um, and then of course, with vertical ranking, you're trying to go after like th that cluster, specific cluster of terms. Uh, and you also wrote something really interesting in here too. When we think about ranking, maybe throw some Spanish keywords in there or different language keywords in there mm -hmm. to gain some sales at a lower ACoS. Yes, especially especially it depends if your product is, for example, very popular in the Spanish community, 100% throw those in because that means that you're going to convert on them because people in the Spanish language, they are going to look up the product with exactly that name. So you have a total advantage there, right? Awesome. Let's move on to dominate. So when you first were describing all of these, uh, I was a little confused at like, what's the, well, what's the difference between dominate and rank? Yes. Like those things sound a little bit similar. similar. Like, yeah, I'm trying to dominate the first position if I'm trying to rank for it. Um, so for me, can you please tell me <laughs> the difference between the dominate and rank in, in your mind? Of course. So as I like to say it, dominate is really like you're there hundred percent. When you want to rank, this is Yes, I have an idea to rank and there you're going to look also at ACoS. Whenever you want to dominate, you're clear. I want to get that keyword. I want to show up for the keyword. I want to get an 
Amazon choice back for that keyword. So here you're not going to look as much into a short term, but a long term game. So by dominating, you're going to work one specific keyword and you're going to make sure that once that you get sales for the specific keyword, you are going to pay less and less CPC wise and you're going to be a, even more relevant. For ranking campaign, you're going to go for the longer tail keywords and for the products that are way more specific to like describing exactly whatever you want to like your product, but it's not as expensive, right? Here, you don't mind to bleed money. I think that's the difference between those two. So, you know, an example that we wrote down, like if we're trying to rank cost effectively, we might go after exact match, black running shoes for women. But if we're trying to dominate, we might go after running shoes, sort of an exact match, sort of mm -hmm. similar to a ranking campaign. But the goals are being, correct me if I'm misunderstanding you, but the goals are sort of being almost like bidding for position kind of, like I wanna be in position one or two, mm -hmm. no matter the cost. Exactly. And generally, like with a ranking campaign, we sort of have like, I want to spend X dollars at a certain A cost to like rank high for it. I want X number of orders, see if I can get that for ranking. But when we're thinking of this, what you described as dominate, I think I think of that as like bidding for position, just like I must be an impression share one, no matter what. Correct. The cost. Exactly, exactly. exactly. See, you got it. So and then I explained well. <laughs> Good. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so CPC wise, that's always the most, this, this almost, you know, because I, I get that request a lot from people like, hey, can we just bid so that our advertising rank is in position like one, two, or three? Like that's all I care about or position one or two or even just one. That's all I care about. And then, then I say like, okay, like definitely, but you have to throw out the ACOS goal for this. Like you can't really like think of that because it's like trying to measure, you know, uh, trying to measure time with a ruler. Like it doesn't compute. Like you can bid on performance and like focus on ACOS or focus on orders or focus on revenue, or you can focus on placement. And when you focus on placement, you, you can't really apply a, a cost target with a placement, I don't think. And there's some interesting strategies too. I don't think I've ever done an episode on it where it's like, uh, sort of like a if this, then that. Like if my organic rank is one, two, or three, then I'm okay with being in position, like a low advertising position. Mm -hmm. If my organic rank drops, then go bid in position one. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, sort of a little ranking, a little dominate mashed See, up there exactly so they go very well hand in hand because for ranking you're going to go for long tail and for dominate you're going to go for one specific so uh for dominate you're going for running shoes but that doesn't mean that for the ranking one you're not going to go for running shoes for women if your product is for women black running shoes for women and so on so the idea is to support the root keyword here so one without the other it's going to especially when it comes to dominate it's going to cost you a lot of money yeah because first off you would have to strategize this to be in two different campaigns right the ranking ones sure. in one campaign and the dominate one in one campaign and the dominate one would have to have at least as much budget as the ranking one right so they are going very well hand in hand you should never go for dominate because then what i can guarantee you 100 is that you're going to think that you did things right and you're going to just 
lose a lot of money because you don't even know that you're going to convert for that keyword. So the dominating campaigns, usually what we are doing, we are going to make sure that we are ranking for them. If we are not even ranking for them, starting a dominating campaign is really like suicide because it's not going to work. Or if it's going to work, you will think that how smart you are that you figured out. Well, let me tell you that's luck. <laughs> so <laughs> don't, don't take it. Don't take it as that. So dominating and ranking should be going hand in hand. Sure. I almost think of it like a hub and spoke, like the hub is running shoes. And in our example, the spoke is like black running shoes for women. So Please. you imagine you have a few keywords that you're trying to rank for that are maybe a little bit longer tail that actually like support the head and the head also supports the, exactly. the tail exactly. for these. And um, for the targeting method here too, you have exact match campaigns, single keyword or product, uh, maximum bid using fixed bidding. Yeah, makes That's total also, sense. Yeah, it's also a difference between for ranking campaigns, we never go for fixed bidding. We go with dynamic, um, low only, or how it's called, dynamic only. The, the first the first one that we're going to check. Not, not up and down, <laughs> down only, yeah. Yeah, exactly, down only. And for this one, it really doesn't matter because it's a fixed bid. You are willing to lose money on it. Awesome. And that brings us to the last category here of evergreen campaigns that we should be running is going to be discover the keywords your customers you use. Uh, whoa, can't read today. Discover the keywords your customers would use to search for your product as well as the keywords which the Amazon algorithm associates with your product. So walk us through how you incorporate discovery campaigns into the mix here. Yeah, sure. So discovery campaigns would be the ones that once that you already started a, either an auto, either a broad, either a phrase match campaign, uh, then at the end of the month, this is how we are usually doing it. We're going to pull up an SDR reports, yeah, certain reports for sponsored products, sponsored brand, sponsored brand video, and then even sponsored display. For sponsored display, we are going to, going to get the advertised product, uh, advertise no, the purchase product, right? Because there, that's no search term report. But um, basically, what we're going to do, everything what worked well, we are going to migrate, migrate all those in exact campaigns because obviously they work well as brand broad phrase or auto campaigns and yeah the purpose of it it's like as i was saying discovering the keywords your customers would use and you also said how they would look up to your product basically would you, yeah this is something i would call uh, at one point in time i called like rpsb long-term listeners know what that stands for i was bad at making acronyms for a long time research peel stick and block um, I've started calling this just, um, you know, search term graduation, that, that classic, you know, cast a wide net, amplify what works well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's, that's what this discover sounds like. Uh, yeah. it's almost like a discovery loop. And you said CPC wise, this strategy may appear to be the most inexpensive. However, due to loss of precise targeting, auto targeting, broad phrase kind of thing, uh, should be used in conjunction with a ranking strategy totally and that's what's cool about this whole thing is like it really does like everything feeds another thing on here like things go really well together um i would also call this like research-based campaigns where you're just casting a wide net very generous loose sort of targeting here yeah definitely and again thinking of campaign structure when we're thinking of a cost and a cost optimization if you have these kinds of campaigns 
discovery in their own campaign, you're able to control the budget flow to it. So you can say like, oh, during a time of like, I want to reduce ACoS, I can go in and maybe not lower the budget, but just reduce bids on discovery. Like this discovery, because there's so much volume that you could capture, this is generally a good candidate for like reducing bids and still getting volume from it for sure. Yeah, exactly. And the cool thing about this one, you know what? I used to be very much a control freak when it comes to our accounts. And I didn't even realize that, right? Because I was listening to podcasts such as yours. Actually, I was listening only to your podcast to be even more specific. And I really wanted to have control on whatever I was doing, right? And then I noticed my account was shrinking only because it was so exact. Everything was so exact. Mm -hmm. It was one word keyword campaign and it was that was my strategy, right? And what I noticed is everything was shrinking and I didn't know why, right? And I didn't have any auto sponsor brand or anything auto, anything broad yeah. and anything phrase, right? Everything, it was exact. And that is great because I went where I wanted to go. But here without this, actually I didn't do justice to whatever like I was I was just spending money so I would I would highly advise any of uh, our listeners to not rely only on one most people are relying on auto and broad and no control I relied on full control so here it should be a really nice balanced mix of both of these yeah one of my favorite metrics to think of is I call it the ACOS power ratio which is the ratio of like your overall account ACOS versus the ACOS of things with one order or more. And the reason I like that is like, let's say your account ACOS is 50%, but then you look at just the things that have one order or more, that ACOS might be like 20%. So you can see the ratio of like things that if you were to get rid of all the things that didn't yield any orders, your ACOS would be 20%. Theoretically, tomorrow, yeah, uh, not that. that you should pause everything that didn't have an or didn't have an order, but theoretically, like it could be twenty percent. So, like you can use that as like a gauge, like wow, like the difference between these two numbers can tell me if I'm not doing enough discovery, not doing enough research, uh, and if I'm too tight. Uh, so, like I always like that as a heuristic. So, if you have a, an exact match only campaign, your account A cost might be twenty percent. And the things with at least one order is probably also going to be 20 percent. so like mm -hmm. there's no wiggle room there's no like discovery there's no like going out there and trying to grab some unknown keywords that could perform well for you 100 percent. and if we may just quickly just go through the notes here because i think that's very very important sure. discovery campaigns so i just wrote down to be very careful with massive or mass keyword negation most of the time people are like oh it's not working good i'm going to negate this so let me tell you out of 10 accounts for eight it might work well but for the two of them that it didn't work well it's going to mess up your whole work right because you can negate it a lot of keywords that you should have not negated otherwise so whenever you're going to uh, go and um, apply this strategy of discovery campaigns and you're going to we are we're usually doing it on a monthly basis because that's enough data for us, right? So there are keywords that we are not showing up for. Don't just negate it. Like, look clearly, is this really describing the product? Is this not describing the product? Or why am I showing up for it? Because if you're going to just negate it, 
as is it might be that you just like made a huge disfavor for yourself so um, the way how we like to go about it is testing in on a small samples of campaigns and ideally don't test this on your best performing campaigns because like sometimes it might work well but if what if i'm always thinking like risk ratio what if i'm going to die this time you know if i'm dying there's no comeback i'm very curious though how do you go about this when it comes to negating and so on uh generally so yeah so like if i were to launch a discovery campaign and just drop uh you know 10 untested keywords in there i always try to think of the average conversion rate that i could expect from like similar buckets of terms so like if on average i have a 10 percent conversion rate that means one order every 10 clicks mm -hmm. and then it's like okay well if something gets 11 clicks all of a sudden it's below average for my account if it gets 20 clicks and you know thinking if i normally get orders every 10 clicks and now all of a sudden that 20 clicks no order that's like twice as bad and if i get 30 clicks that's like three times as bad so depending on the stage that an account is in will determine like how many multiples over the average conversion rate i go mm -hmm. so if i want to get really aggressive and a client wants to like push it really hard then i'll say like probably like 3x over our average uh, maybe three, even 3.5. That's like super aggressive. Um, for most people, we're landing somewhere around 2, 2.5. So like if the average conversion rate for the account is 10, 10%, that's one order every 10 clicks. By the time we hit 20, 25 clicks, that could potentially, that could be sort of on the chopping block to get rid of. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that I always think of. Uh, and then of course, downbidding sort of along the way to sort of see see if because we just that was just the click variable but then you can say well what if i were able to get 25 clicks but super cheap maybe i'd be willing to go to 35 clicks if their clicks are super cheap so generally before things get negated for me i'm always like down bidding them to try to see if i can still get traffic at a cheap rate mm -hmm. very cool so see we should add that also as note because it can be added so it's great thank sure. you for sharing sure <laughs> um so we actually did something very cool and uh, i mentioned this at the start of the show too in the pre-recorded section but uh yeah you can go into the show notes i don't know the url of this yet but if you want this document that we've been looking at here uh for your own sort of reference just sort of poke around with it uh, you can file make a copy add it to your own google drive poke around um let us know what you think you can get a copy. The link is in the show notes. Um, but Naomi, where can people find you uh, if they want to get in touch and learn more? Easiest is just scalewave.io and just shoot a mail there at Naomi at scalewave.io. Um, I'm trying to reply to all my emails <laughs> at this point. They're getting a lot, which I didn't really expect it, especially now being on the show, you know. Um, so that <laughs> is where you can find me. And also you can find me on the Wizards of Ecom. Uh, dot com. Uh, we have a podcast there, Wizards of Ecom podcast, with my amazing uh, co-host Carlos Alvarez, and great those are the those are the best ways to how to get in touch. For sure, your website looks gr great, by the way. What? Your website looks great, oh, by the way. 
thank you so much. Mm -hmm. It's still work in progress, though. So you can tell that it was made by artists. It has nothing to do with CPC. It's beautiful. It's like it's literally like you go to a, an, an aquarium or like you just gaze yeah. at an art piece. It's, it looks great. Yeah. But um, Naomi, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Can't wait to have you on the show again into the future. So thank you again. For everyone else, I'll see you next week here on the PPC Den Podcast.